This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, welcome everyone. We continue in Daf HaShavua, Meseches Yivamais, Daf Kuf Hei Amar We begin on the bottom of Kuf Dalet Amar Beis. The Gemara said that earlier, they sent to the father of Shmuel, what's Allah of Yivama spit and nothing else? The halach is tachlet, she has to do chalitza, because the chalitza that she performed by spinning already accomplished something. So the Gemara said, who is this? Who is the Tana who would say such a thing? It can't be Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva holds that if you don't do spitting, it's still a valid chalitza. So spitting is not really an essential part of chalitza, so if you just spit alone, it should not do anything. Says the Gemara... Would Rabbi Akiva say spitting does not passel? Rabbi Akiva wouldn't say such a thing. But Tani, we learned in a brisa. Let's say she did chalitza. Let's say, in other words, chalitza if she took off the shoe. And she didn't spit. And she didn't read the psukim. The chalitza is kosher. Uh, so, if she removed the shoe, she didn't spit, she didn't say the psukim, the chalitza is good. Rakika, if she spat, v'loi chalitza, she didn't do chalitza, v'loi kar, she didn't read the psukim, chalitza subsula, the chalitza is not kosher. Uh, so, if she spit, and she didn't take off the shoe, and she didn't read the psukim. The halach is chalitzasa, psula the chalitza is pasal. Now, um, the halacha is that usually when it says chalitza is pasal, it means it's pasal that she can't go and do yibum, and she can't go and get married, but she is usher to the brothers. And then it says, Kara, if she read the Pesukim, she didn't spit and she didn't remove the shoe. There's no concern at all. So there are three levels. If she removed the shoe and did nothing else, the Chalitza is good. If she spit and she didn't remove the shoe and she didn't uh, say the Pesukim, the Chalitza is Pasal. But it doesn't say there's no Beis Mechosh. If she just read the Psukim, then we say there's no Beis Mechosh. So the question is, Mani, who does this go like? If you say it goes like the Sheet of Rabbi Lazar, that can't be. Because it says, If she removed the shoe, If she removed the shoe and she didn't spit and she didn't read the Psukim, the Chalitza is Kasher. Ay! But Vahama Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar is of the opinion. This is what has to be done. Davar Shumasa Ma'akev. Anything which is an act is Ma'akev. So that means if you don't spit, it would not be Chalitza Kasher. So how could you say that if you remove the Shun, you didn't spit, it's a good Chalitza, but according to Rabbi Lazar, it would not be a good Chalitza. Elapshita Rabbi Akiva. Must be Rabbi Akiva. That's why in the first case, if you remove the Shun, you didn't spit, it's a good Chalitza. But then the question would be, but if you just spit and you didn't remove the shoe and you didn't say the psukim, it's a pasal chalitza, 
It says if she spit and she didn't remove the shoe and she didn't say the psukim, the chalitza is pasal. Laman. To who? To who would she be puzzled to? When Rabbi Kiva says, if it would be Rabbi Kiva, what would it mean, Chalitza Sapsula? Laman, if you say that she's usher, let's say, to the rest of the world, she's usher to the world. It's a Chalitza Psula and she's usher to the world. Pshita. Of course she's usher to the world. Mihavi Chalitza Would this be a valid Chalitza to permit her to the rest of the world? She, the shoe wasn't removed. Of course she's not mutter to the world. It must be she's puzzled to the brothers. So Shmamina, we see that even though Rabbi Kiva holds that you don't have to do chalitza, if you don't do chalitza, the chalitza is still good. Nevertheless, if you just spit, Rabbi Kiva would be of the opinion that it does something. Therefore, um, It must be. What would the, you know? In other words, what what is the outcome over here? That even though if you don't do spitting, the chalitza is still valid, but spitting alone would answer her to the brothers at least midrabanan. So now the question is, why would spitting answer her midrabanan to the brothers, and saying the psukim does not answer her to the brothers? Why is it that spitting it's chalitza psula? But she can't do yibam. You would have to do chalitza. And reading the psukim, we say ain't can base mechosh. Akiva maishna rikiko maishna kriya. And according to Akiva, what's the difference between spitting and saying the psukim? Says the Gemara like this: kriya the psukim, which you do in the beginning and you do it in the end, because in the beginning of chalitza. The Yivama says, Mayin Yivami Lahakim Lahim Shame. The end of the Khalitsa she says, Kachiyasa Shaloi Yivnes Bezakhiv. So she talks in the beginning, she talks in the end. So people are not gonna say, Oh, a good Khalitsa was done. In other words, if we're gonna say that that's a good Khalitsa by saying the Psukim, no one's gonna say a good Khalitsa was done. Because if they're gonna see her reading the Psukim, they might say that uh, they didn't they didn't take off the shoe. They'll say, okay, we heard the um, Yavama speaking in the beginning of the process, but she didn't take off the shoe, and nothing else happened. So that kind of uh, kriya is meaningless. That kind of kriya is meaningless. Says the Gemara. Rakika de betchila less a spitting, which you don't do in the beginning. Olavasoifis, and you do in the end. Michlafale, people are going to think it's good. Because people who see that she spat, they'll say, oh, she spat, and the, the shoe must have been taken off before. So it comes out, if we answer the Yavama from. In other words, 
by uh, spitting, we have to answer the Yavama from marrying the brothers, because people are going to think a real chalitza might have been done. They didn't see the removal of the shoe, however, they may assume that the shoe was removed before the spitting. But by reading the psukim, where the reading is done in the beginning, they won't necessarily think that a good chalitza was done, because... They're not going to say, oh, the, the chalitza was done before the reading of the psukim, because there are psukim that are read all the way in the beginning of the process. So that's the difference between reading in the beginning and reading in the end. So this is one version of what they sent to Avu de Shmuel. Namely, this version is saying that even according to Rabbi Akiva, chalitza alone, chalitza alone, Spitting alone has some effect, and namely that if she spit alone, then she cannot do yibum to any of the brothers. She has to do. Uh, she specifically has to do chalitza. So here is another uh, version of what they said to Avu Adishmal. Some say this is what they sent to Avu Adishmal. Yevama Sharakaka, a Yevama that spit. Tachloitz, she needs to do chalitza, and when she does chalitza, she doesn't spit again. She doesn't have to spit again. She spat, and that spitting will be part of the uh, chalitza experience, and the fact that she spit, she's also to the brothers, but when she wants to do chalitza again, she only has to take off the shoe, she doesn't spit again. So the Gemara says, Ki Ami, like someone who came before Rabbi Ami, Abba Yosef, Rabbi Abba Bar Mamul, Kamei, Rabbi Abba Bar Mamul was sitting in front of him. So somebody came before Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Abba Bar Mamul was sitting in front of Rabbi Ami, Rakakam Mekamei Datachlitz, and the Yavama spit before she took off the shoe. Amar Le Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami said, Chalot Sladu Chalitza, Veshar Le Tigra, and... Uh, Finish off her her uh, dispute. Finish off her fight. So she spit. A woman spit, and she did this. She spit before she removed the shoe. Rabbi Ami said, "Okay, so just do the chalitza, and you're done." Amalei Rabbi Rabbi said, "But you're a merak. But we need her to spit." So Rabbi Ami said, what do you mean? Harakakala, she spat. So Rabbi Abba said, okay, because really she's supposed to spit after she takes off the shoe. So she let her spit again. Let her spit. And who cares? Let her spit again because of Kharchila, the spitting is done after the shoe is removed, not before. Says the Gemara, Nafak chorba. If she spits again after, um, Destruction could come out about as a result. The Amrit Tahadir Batekov, you can say she has to spit again. Amri, people are going to say, Rikika Kamaisa Lesbay Mishasha, the first spitting was empty. And they're going to say, the, if you have to spit again, they're going to say the first spitting was nothing. But the Achen, and they're coming to permit a Chalutza to the brothers. Why? In what case? Um, 
they're going to say, well, if the, sp- the first spitting was nothing, then she could do Yibam. And the Gemara just said that we're afraid that if she spits, there's a Gezerah that people are going to say that uh, before she spat, the shoe was removed. So we can't require her to spit again. I, the Gemara says, don't we need it to be in the right order? And the order mentioned in the Torah is she removes the shoe and then she spits. Says Gemara, no, kesidran loy ma'akva. The correct order is not ma'akev. It's preferable that she removes the shoe and then spits, but it's not ma'akev. So, but why are we concerned that people will think that you don't need to spit at all for chalitza? Shouldn't there be a riot or be kibbutz? Well, they they saw her spit, so they knew. If somebody comes after she spit. So, somebody comes in, just sees her remove the the shoe, and then they don't see any spitting. So they assume that chalitza without spitting is kosher. We should be concerned that if she doesn't have to spit again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's think about that. Who's Samra Dukhuya Kamarchile? Rababa thought that that he was pushing him off. He thought Rabami was, you know, didn't really mean it's not Ma'akev. He didn't really think that uh, Rabami meant that. Nafak, he went out, Doc, he analyzed the Ashkach and he saw that Rabami is right. It doesn't really matter when the Chalitza was done, whether before or after, it's not Ma'akev. So you want to know why are we not concerned that if the that if the spitting was done after, then people are going to say what? If someone comes after, or someone comes while the Yuvama's taking off the shoe, and she doesn't spit after, people are going to assume that you don't need to spit for a chalitza, which is a, a riot. Maybe they'll say it was done before. Meaning, uh, it's maybe gufa because it's not ma'akev, and it could really be done before, then people might say, okay, it was done before I got here. Seems perhaps something like that. The Gemara says, Levi nafak l'kiryasa. Levi went out to the uh, villages. So the people there asked of him, Gidemes maho Someone who has a stump of an arm, his arm was amputated, is he allowed to do chalitza? Because when we say the yava, the yavama has to remove the shoe, what if she doesn't have hands? So let's say she bit it off. She bit off the shoe, she tore off the shoe with her teeth. Or yavama or shirakadama, what if the yavama spit, but she split blood? And she didn't spit spittle. Is that good? And then finally they asked Reb Levi, Aval agid lecha es harashim. However, I will speak to you what is inscribed b'chsav emes, written truthfully. 
So that means that God is prophesying, meaning McLeod, from here we see the Ikuk Sav Shainoyamas. There's uh, some writing which is true and some writing which is not true. So what kind of Gezeira is not true? It says Hashem is saying that I'm going to tell, through the Navi, I'll tell you what is inscribed truthfully. Well, obviously all prophecy is truthful. McLeod, the Ikuk Sav Shainoyamas. says the Gemara, Lo have a Levi didn't have the answer re- uh, ready available. Also show the Midrasha. So he came and he asked in the base Medrash, Amrulay, so they said to uh, Levi, Miksiv Khotsabiyad, does it say she has to remove the shoe with her hand? She could do it with her teeth. If she doesn't have hands, she could do it with her teeth. Umiksiv Yarka right? does it say she spit spit? She spit whatever comes out, whatever fluid comes out. And I'm going to tell you what's written truthfully. Is there a writing that's not true? So Gemara says it's not a question. It depends what the gzardin is. Is it a gzardin that has an oath? Or is it a Xardin that does not have an oath? If it has an oath, it can't be rescinded. It's a Xardin that doesn't have an oath. It could be rescinded. How do you know a decree that has a Shvua cannot be torn up? Therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli. If the sin of the house of Eli will be atoned bezevach uvemincha adoylam in karbanos and in menachos forever. So God says, therefore I swear to the house of Eli if their sin will be atoned by karbanos and menachos forever. Now we know that Eli was the Kohen Gadol in the times of Shmuel and Eli's sons did not walk in the ways of Hashem. And they did not treat Kachim properly. And therefore, the family of Eli dies young. And God swore that their sin will not be atoned. Now, so that means that when a Gezera is accompanied by a Shvua, it cannot be rescinded. When it's not accompanied by a Shvua, it could be rescinded. Amar Rabbah, Rabbah said, it's not atoned with karbanos and menachos, but it is atoned by learning Torah. Abaye says it's not meskaper with the zevach mincha, but it's also it's meskaper b'chesed. Now that means also chesed. Some even have that gerson Abaye also chesed. I would say it has to be also something else. Because it's not miskaper with A or B. That implies, but it is with C and D. The fact that it says not miskaper with Zevach Umincha, that implies that there are two things that it is miskaper with. Rabbi and Abai both came from the family of Eli. Rabbi who just learned Torah 
he lived 40 years, an extra 20 years. Abaye, the Osik B'Torvig Mel's Chasadim, Abaye, who was involved in learning Torah and acts of Chesed Chayah Shitin Shnin, he lived 60 years. Taner the rabbis taught, Mishpacha Achas Hoysel B'Yerushalayim, there was one family in Jerusalem, Shoyumesim Kiven Shmoyna Esreshana, they died at age 18. So they went and they told Rabbi Yochum and Zakai, Amalahem, Rabbi Yochum and Zakai says, well, maybe, maybe you're from the house of Eli. And all, all adults in your house will die as young men. Go engage in learning Torah and you'll live. They went and they engaged in Torah and they lived. And they were called the family of Yochanan based on Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Amar Rav Shmua Bar Unya Amar Rav. Shmua Bar Unya is the name of Rav. Minayin legzar din shal tzibur she'enoy nechtam. How do you know that a decree against the tzibur is never sealed? So the Gemara says, what? It's never sealed? Of course it's sealed. It's not sealed. Even if you cleanse yourself with nader, with what's nader? What's neser? Some kind of detergent. How do they translate it? What? Okay. Even if you cleanse yourself with this detergent niter, v'tarbilach buras, and you use a lot of soap, nichtam avoy your sin is sealed and stained before me. So we see that a decree uh, against the tzibur is sealed. So Gemara says, that's not what we mean. El minayin, how do we know? Shafilu nechtam, even if it's sealed, miskarea, could be torn. Shenemar, like the Pasuk says, mi kashem alakenu, who is like Hashem, our God? Bechol kareinu elav. Whenever we call out to him, he's close to us. Vehaksiv, and the pasuk says. So that implies that exardin against tzibur, it could be torn. Like it says, mi kashem lekeinu bechol kareinu elav. So we see that a decree against the tzibur could be rescinded through tefillah. I vaksiv dirshu Hashem behimat. So I seek out God when He could be found. That implies He's not always available. So that means sometimes uh, there is something sealed that can't be torn. It depends. By an individual, it could be sealed and you, can, does, you may not be able to, to rescind it. You might not be able to change it. But tzibur, you could always... Uh, Cause Hashem to rescind. And when by an individual, is an individual able to have his uh, decree rescinded? These are the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So the Gemara just concludes. They sent the father of Shmuel. Yivama that split blood, tachloitz, has to do chalitza. 
not only if she removed the shoe and she split, if she split blood, it's a good chalitza, but if she only split blood, it's a good chalitza. Um, Tachlis, now she has to do chalitza. It's impossible that blood should not have some semblance of spit in it. Says the Gemara, I'll ask you a question from a bride. You would think that blood that comes out of the mouth of a Zav or out of his male organ is Tamei. Tamalaymar, so therefore it comes to teach Zoivai Tamai. When it flows, it's Tamai. But if it comes out of his mouth or his organ, but the blood that comes out of his mouth or his organ is Tahar. Now, here's the question if automatically, when a person spits blood, there's always spittle in it. Why is the blood? Why do we say the blood that comes out of the mouth of the zav is um, is not tame? But isn't it obvious that spit came out? If you're going to say that whenever blood comes out, spit came out, so then the blood spit by the zav should be tame because of the spittle in it. So Gemara says, no, it's not a question. Loi kasha, kan Here we're talking about maitzetzes. Kan says, here it's pouring out. Maitzetzes means um, he's sucking it and then spitting it out. So if he's sucking it and then spitting it out, it will have some saliva. But if it's just shoyses pouring out, dripping out, then it might not have saliva in it, um, and therefore it would not necessarily render tame. Okay, Rabbi Isai, thank you everybody for joining. This is Daf Kofheim at Aleph, wishing everyone a wonderful night. Bracha v'hatzlacha, kaltov. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.